0: Come on in here, church, and gather yourselves. It's been interesting. Feeling a little bit better with this flu. It's been like the longest-lasting flu. like the planet, at least for me, because I've never had the flu before. But I'm glad I'm feeling a little bit better. Wait a minute. Who's? Oh, they full of it. 12 for $11. Oh, man. That's it. I should check their website. They just showed a commercial for a supermarket. It's having the January Can-Can sale. And they showed 12 cans of tomato sauce for $11. I wouldn't mind getting it. But I've learned to make my own tomato sauce from scratch. Eliminates a lot of things. Speaking of the supermarket, (laughs) I was um, trying to be out shopping and was seeing familiar faces and was talking to people and going with them to their homes instead of where I was supposed to be going. I had an interesting encounter at one of my acquaintances home. And this lady, she only had one, one kid, but she's a grandma now. And the same way she protected her son is the same way she protects her grandson. But her grandson is. Not her grandson, her son is almost 30 years old. And he's still at home. He never left. But I understand him still being at home. Because rent is high as hell. Like a a one-bedroom is like $2,000 a month. Minimum wage wouldn't cover that. I just know that when I turned 18, I was gone, and I was in my own apartment. I remember, (laughs) I don't even remember how I met this girl. But I met this girl, and she showed me what to do to get an apartment. And at the time, I was 17 years old. But she showed me where to get the applications from and, you know, talked to me, walked me through that whole process. I filled out the the applications, and one of them said, We have a two-bedroom for you, but by law, we can't give it to you until you turn 18. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But my birthday came around. I turned 18, and like two or three months later, I was in my apartment. I was so happy, y'all. Let me tell you. I went into my apartment and had a couple of things. A couple of pots, a handful of groceries. And the bathroom is always the cheapest thing to do in an apartment. So I had the stuff for the bathroom already. When I moved into my apartment, I had a blanket and a pillow. Or rather, a comforter and a blanket and the pillow, and I had like this cheap little alarm clock. And I slept on the floor until I got paid and bought a bed. When you get in your first apartment and you don't have no furniture, don't be hard on yourself about not having no furniture. Don't think about keeping up with the Joneses. Don't think about impressing friends and family. Don't think about none of that stuff. Focus on your mental health. Focus on your happiness. Focus on your peace. Because, excuse me, when you have your own place, you have peace. You have a peace of mind. That's the important part. As long as you're comfortable on your padding on the floor and you can lock your front door and sleep comfortably on the floor, you're good. But when I got my apartment they didn't have you know a blow up bed now they do and um, if that's what you got to give for 30, 40 bucks until you can pay for a bed that's what it is but I was on the floor honey so anyway I went off on a tangent so the 27 year old was there he was playing his music and whatever And she and I was talking about hair. Hair Hairstyles, hair coloring, protective styles, this kind of thing. And some were saying something to her about food stamps. How he don't like it. He had an issue with it. And I was confused... Because she's disabled, and so she gets food stamps. And the food that he eats, food stamps pay for it. And I didn't understand that. How are you so opposed to the food stamp SNAP EBT? But every time you go into the kitchen to eat something, It was the food stamp SNAP-EBT that paid for it. I personally am not opposed to it. When 2020 came and they had it on the news, that 800 number for people to call and said, you get help with groceries, whatever, you get the SNAP-EBT. I said to myself, I was still working as a nurse at that time. I said to myself, I wonder if they'll give it to me. I'm not disabled. I'm not an alcoholic, drug addict. I'm not homeless. You know, I'm not rich. I don't have any kids, no small kids anyway. I don't think they'll give it to me. But I'm going to shoot my shot. And if they say no, oh, well, if they say yes, it's steak and shrimp tonight. (laughs) <laughs> I called and went through the process and they was like, you're approved. I said, oh, shit. I had steak and shrimp jam. But when they stopped it, you know, I was like, okay. <laughs> People's pride and ego be in the wrong place. And I've always said that. You're 27 years old, living with your mother, your disabled mother who's getting food stamps. If you don't do something with your life within the next three years, you're going to stay that wherever you're at, you're going to stay that way. The time to build for your life is between the ages of 20 and 29. By the time you're 30, however your life turned out, is going to stay that way. Unless you get extremely lucky and come upon a windfall of money and lottery or something like that, your life is going to stay that way. His life is going to stay that way. He's going to... He doesn't have any ambition, but a lot of the Gen Zers and the Millennials, males, they don't have much life ambition. It's like they have zero ambition for life. They won't do it for themselves, and they damn sure won't do it for their kids. So anyhow, he'll move into a woman's home and try to live for free, and she'll get tired of his cheating and put him out. He'll try to go to mommy's house, but mommy ain't going to try to hear it, and he'll go stay at a friend's house and realize that's not what's up. And then he'll figure out how to get his own place. Or he'll say, let me not do that again with the next woman that got her own place. Because having the ambition to get my own means I'm going to have to set aside and sacrifice my ego and my pride and be a man. And I can't face myself that way. So let me try to do right. And you know, find another woman with her own place and move in with her, and he'll sit still after that. Okay. To a degree, anyway. But that's him. He'll have a couple of baby mamas. No stop. But I was. I just didn't understand him. How are you so opposed to the Snap EBT food stance but you eat food that the Snap EBT food stance wait for I just didn't get it? Just didn't get it. And I told her as soon as she get a chance to relocate Go someplace where you gotta catch a flight. You could still be in the United States, but just go someplace where you gotta take a flight. As soon as he move in with a woman, that's when you catch that flight. I remember hearing a story of a husband and wife. They had three kids, and the three kids that not want to get out, and they were coming upon their retirement. So they decided that since the three kids didn't want to get out, that they was going to leave the apartment to the kids and relocate, get them a one-bedroom and retire in their one-bedroom. And when they got the keys to the new apartment, they told the kids, Hey, we're moving out. You guys can keep this apartment. Y'all figure out how you're going to pay for it. Goodbye. I laugh so much. <laughs> I'm quite sure there's a reason why they waited to the last minute to say something. Some, with some people, if you push their back up against the wall, then they'll take care of themselves. If you don't push their back up against the wall, they won't take care of themselves. I call these people codependent. And they don't want too much responsibility. If somebody else can take care of the big things for them, they'll take advantage of it. Craziest thing. So I leave our house, and my intention was to go to the library. So I remember reading a few things on the website about the library. I wanted to go talk to them. You know, ask a couple of questions, see what I can do. And then mosey on to the hair store and then mosey on to the supermarket. So. I left. As I'm walking, I see all of these new stores popping up. Somebody opened up a a, a, a marijuana storefront. I wasn't there before there was a new restaurant that had opened up a Hispanic restaurant we've got plenty of Hispanic restaurants in my neighborhood Hispanic and Chinese food stores there's one Jamaican restaurant where they have actual people cooking. Not that Golden Crust stuff, but the actual Jamaican restaurant. It's just one. And I'm wondering, all of the Africans, and there's not one African restaurant in the area, huh? you know, There's a way to cut your dishwashing time hmm. by 50%. Try Don Power Wash
1: Dish Spray. It removes 99% of grease hmm.
0: Where's the soul food restaurant at? Hmm. There was a new clothing store. And that store used to be a sneaker store. So it made me think, where are the people getting their sneakers from? I remember I was in high school, and we would go to that sneaker store, and we would buy our Nikes and our Timberlands. That store was there for a very long time. Now it's a clothing store. There was a store, um, a home decor store, like a mom and pop type of store, and a lady would get fabric and she would make all sorts of things curtains, comforters, pillows, throw blankets, all sorts of things. She's not there anymore, but I'm quite sure it's because she retired. She was too old. But there wasn't a replacement. And she made really, she got really, really good fabric at that store. I'm not there anymore. I see a 99 cent store. Well, really, it's a $1. twenty-five store. And the Africans own it. I'm just looking at, you know, this downtown area that I don't frequent too much. And I'm just looking at a change. What were the changes? And then there was this, like where the hair store is, there was this gate. That gate was always down. I never thought, what was it? You know, never thought about that. Just the gate was just always down. While well, the gate was lifted up, and I saw new floors, stairs, a rail. Lights. You gotta be buzzed, then I said, Oh this is an apartment building that's here. Then it clicked. The downtown area is being gentrified. Huh. The Salvation Army was closed out of business, but they 've been there for years. They had part in the culture of the downtown area gone and I saw a fire department fire department was never in the downtown area. That was always off in a cut on a side street somewhere. It's a fire department. A hole is lit up with lights too. That's interesting. My hometown has been changing slowly over the last two decades. Now the gentrification is really kicking in. They're going to have to have thick skin to live in this area. I went to the liquor store get me some wine. I was happy they were still there because they have the wine that's not from California. Anybody that, you know, is just a regular wine drinker, not a connoisseur or anything, but just a regular wine drinker, you know that the California wine is not it. Oh, excuse me. I come out the store, some a lady standing there, and, I, and she startled me. So I'm like, she's you standing right there for me. I kept walking. Now the next thing I know, I hear this little voice, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, yeah? Could you spare money? No, I cannot. I'm so hungry. Why would you stand outside of the liquor store when you want food? There's three spots right here that sell food. They got the Jamaican spot, they got the pizzeria, and they got the little Mexican taco place. You could have stood outside of any one of those three, but that's not what you did. You stood outside of the liquor store. One positive thing that's going to come out of the downtown area being gentrified, is that all of these addicts will move. They'll clear it out. So I'm really sick of them, honestly. Whatever help they say they need, they should be able to get it from the city or the state because the state... The government gives funding to the state. The state divvies it. The, excuse me. The state divvies it up with the cities, with these different programs. They should be able to go to these different programs and get whatever help it is they say that they need. There's a soup kitchen in a downtown area. There's people that cook food and put it in you know on in them styrofoam kind of containers with forks plastic forks and spoons or something to drink they are always there you know giving out food and then the food pantries in where i live at they're not slacking at all whatsoever you're getting chicken, you get shrimp, you get ground beef, you get pizza. And not the DiGiorno pizza, like the handmade type of pizza. You get um, rice and, and fruits, fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and canned vegetables and breads and muffins and croissants. There's something going that I know about five days a week. Month after month. Why are you hungry? There's a craft food truck that shows up. When I saw that craft food truck, I was like, shut the front door. Shut the front door. I stood on that line out of curiosity. I wanted to see what they was giving. There was a whole lot. I was <laughs> the only oddball in that whole lot. <laughs> it was a bunch of Hispanics, and I'm like, what? "Hola!" <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Craft was given craft products, fresh fruit, fresh vegetable, milk, cereal, oatmeal, and it wasn't even a no-frill stuff that they was given. It was name-brand stuff. There's no reason why anybody, whether they're homeless or they're addicted to drugs or, or, or it's alcoholism, there's no reason for any of them to be hungry. None. And the last I knew, the soup kitchen was open seven days a week. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's a doctor's office. In a downtown area, that and they order breakfast every single day for the staff. Every single day, there's platters of food, okay? And the staff don't eat all of it, they take it and give it to the people that say that they're homeless. That's in the downtown area. So they put the stuff on plates. Wrap it up. With a plastic fork. And go outside and hand it to the people. That office is open six days a week. There's no reason why anybody should be in a downtown area, saying that they're hungry. What you wanted, Miss, was money. You wanted cash, so you can go buy your drugs and your alcohol. That's why you were standing outside of the alcohol, alcoholic people store. Okay. So I'm my way onto the hair store because I started noticing that my hair was dry and it's typically not dry it is buttery soft all the time I don't even have hair products I'm going to tell you what my hair products are shampoo, conditioner and hair polisher that's my my hair products that's it I have nothing else because my hair needed nothing else but I noticed that it was dry, and that was not the first time I noticed that it was dry. I just thought, huh. The second time it was dry, it was brittle dry. I said, no, I'm gonna have to get something for me. I don't know what's going on that is brittle dry. So I went into the hair store. And I got hair grease. I I can't say when was the last time I put hair grease in my hair because it's always buttery soft. Even when I go get my hair braided at the salon, Mimi, is like, oh, your hair is buttery soft. It's so soft. It's so soft. She don't put anything in my hair besides gel when she's braiding my hair. Don't need it. So I got the hair grease. And today I decided to grease my scalp. So I sat with the mirror and the comb, and I realized I needed a rat tail comb for my parts. But then I thought, I'm not going to buy a no rat tail comb. I'm no hairstylist. I don't, really don't care about these parts not being parted the way that it should be part. I'm not styling my hair. I'm just going to braid it after I grease it anyway. So I'm not going to buy a rat tail comb. I'll put that grease on my scalp, honey. My scalp said, "Ah." then after I got done parting and greasing my scalp, I massaged that grease in my hair and massaged it on my scalp. It was like a revitalization. So now I'm going to (laughs) use grease. I'm going to use hair grease moving forward. (laughs) Look at this hair grease too. I can't tell you it was the last time I used hair grease. I actually had to go and buy some I have no hair products. And while I was in there since I was, you know, getting the hair grease, I have brought some setting lotion. So I got some hair rollers and I'm gonna pull out that hair dryer and sit up under the hair dryer put the setting lotion in my hair and set up under the hair dryer. So I got to go find them hair rollers, child. And then, because I couldn't remember if I bought pins or not for the rollers, but I most likely did. But just in case I didn't, I brought some more pins for the rollers. And... They had the Zote soap in there, which was surprising, so I got some of that. Then I'm on my way onto to the supermarket. And I'm just looking around at all of the changes in the downtown area and how the faces had changed. I don't know, when was the last time I was in a downtown area? Maybe a year ago. Could have been two years ago. But a lot changed in that little bit of time. So anyhow, I came on to chit-chat. I really wanted to talk about how hair grease revitalizes my hair follicles. And um, I'll be doing my own hair more often than what I typically do. Because all I really do is when it gets warm out, I go get my hair braided. And when it starts to get cold, I just put my hair in a ponytail. Now, if I'm going out or doing something, I go find a wig, slide a wig cap on, slide the wig on, and go on about my business. When I get back home, I slide that bad boy off. I don't know how girls is gluing the wig on and leaving it there for, like, weeks and stuff. That shit, that would get on my nerves. I can't sew it on, can't glue it on. That would irk me. I want to pluck it off, just like fake nails. There was a time where I could tolerate fake nails. So I would get my nails done every two weeks. I'll never forget I used to pay $60 every time I got my nails done. And nail art wasn't that popular then. But I would have them people in there practicing their nail art game. That's for sure. And no, nobody copied me because nobody was doing it. I was ahead of my time. And now you see all sorts of nail art going on. A celebrity most likely did it. And then it just picked up like wildfire. But I've been doing the whole nail art thing. I've been doing the tassels, you know, on the jeans and on the shirts, on the jacket, before it was even a thing. and tassels got popular when I did it. Nobody was, nobody was doing it. I actually got teased for my sense of fashion. But then once a celebrity did it, it caught like wildfire. <laughs> And I'm just looking at people like, y'all take me, it's too late. I don't did that a decade ago. Here's the pictures. So, I was talking to my friend. I was telling him, 2024, I want to enjoy fashion. I want to enjoy my fashion. And I hadn't thought about exactly what it was that I had wanted to do. But because I know astrology, And I know that we're coming up on a time where the whole fashion from China and Japan and Tokyo is going to be a thing and it's going to take the world by storm. So the whole kimono thing and all of that is going to be in play. So... (laughs) I'm going to look into like the dresses and the shirts and the different kimonos that I can actually wear outside. And I'm going to go to some, you know, little eatery where it's mostly Korean. Well, well, an eatery that is Korean, but not, not um, like the Chinese food store. I don't want to do that. I'm going to wear my kimono, you know, my little fashion. I'm taking pictures and everything, and I'm going to put it up on social media. So by the time people do it, I'm going to be like, you bitches, are too late. There was a time when in nursing, they tried to step their nursing game up. And they had, like, these kimono-inspired nursing scrub tops. And I was wearing them. And people was looking at me like I had lost it. I'm gonna pull them pictures out. You bitches are late. Been doing this. <laughs> just, just being petty. <laughs> going to do that. I'm going to bring back the 5411s and the overalls. I'm bringing back some Timberlands with the heels and the 27 piece, honey. I'm bringing back Leather dresses and baby doll shoes. I'm going to enjoy fashion for 2024. I've already got the outfits in my mind that I'm putting together that I'm going to do. I've seen some 5411s that will look great, absolutely great with these sweaters that I saw. And I'm bringing the stuff back. Hoop earrings have never gone out of style. Hoop earrings and stud earrings have never gone out of style. And I got a whole container full of all types of jewelry. From real jewelry to costume jewelry. Bringing it back. I'm bringing back cuff bracelets. You're very welcome. Do you guys need anything else? I'm bringing it back. (laughs) And then when the winter comes in of 2024, I'm bringing back the shearling and the fox fur. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so by the time people figure it out, <laughs> feel like I like I've been did that. <laughs> I'm busy there. You late. I was talking, speaking about being ahead of time. That's just my Aquarius placement. And it took me a little while to figure out my Aquarius placement. And it just means I'm ahead of my time. I've always had been and I always will be. Speaking of um, being ahead of time. I was asked, I like to ask people older than me, what do they think life is about? So, I had this conversation with a woman that was older than me. And she said to always put yourself first. Even if you're married, put yourself first. Even if you have kids, put yourself first. And know that your mental health is more important than anything in the world. That was good advice. That's what she feels is what life is about. I can't argue with her. I learned that you do have to put yourself first. And your happiness should come first. And you absolutely have to protect your mental health. Even if that means cutting off your parents. Even if that means cutting off relatives. Even if that means you have to pack your bags and relocate to another city. Even if that means you gotta load up some suitcases leave it, leave everything behind and move to another country your mental health should absolutely come first i've learned that marriage and kids is a is a a construct and it's not for everybody and i think that people should really ask themselves why are they having children And not how it happened. Why are you having children? Don't tell people how it happened. We know the sperm fertilized the egg. We know that. We know that you wasn't protecting yourself. We know that, clearly. But why did you do it? What did you want to bring them into the world for? When you know what you know about the world at this moment in time, What is so special about it that you will want to bring another life into the world? If you pay attention to the writing that's on the wall and you can see where things are headed, what is your purpose for bringing a life into the world? You don't need to give birth in order to feel like a woman. You're reminded every single month That you are indeed a woman You don't need to feel and to know what it's like to be carrying a a baby in your womb You don't need that You should admit the truth to yourself if you're a selfish person, say look at yourself in the mirror and say, Yes, I am a selfish person. And don't have no kids because your kids are not there to protect you. You're there to protect your children. But if you're selfish, you're not going to protect your children. So don't have kids. You don't want to share your food? Don't have kids. You don't want to share your money? You don't want to share your, your space? Don't have kids. With each kid that you have, you look older. That's something that women don't talk about. Where each child that you have, you look older. You want to know a prime example of that? Look at Kiki Palmer's old pictures and then look at her pictures now. She's a beautiful woman, don't get me wrong. And I think she should take absolute advantage of how beautiful she looks. But you can see she looks older. Another example... Look at Beyonce's pictures before she had a child, and then look at her pictures after she had a child. She looks older. Each child that you have, you look older. That's something to know. What is life about? Life is about love. And and your love should be earned over time. If you don't have love, if you don't love yourself first, you have nothing. You can have all the money in the world, all of the fame in the world, all of the notoriety and all of the titles and all of the degrees and, and know seven different languages and all of these different things. If you, have, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. That's what life is about love if you have children or if you plan on having children your family are your children and this is the part where i'm ahead of my time because i said this to the woman that i was talking to and not only does she already have children but her husband has children and so she's like stepmom to her husband's children But I said to her, your children are your family. Yes, you have grandparents and parents and siblings and aunts and uncles and cousins. Those are your blood relatives, yes. When you come together, you have a family unit, yes. But your children, that is your family. So if you plan on... Creating a family, you need to be married to someone who wants to be a parent. If the person don't want to be a parent, you won't have no family. Well, you'll have a family, but because your children are your family, but you won't have the type of structure that you really. Should have. And I say this because a mother can say something to a child and a child doesn't listen. A father whispers it to the child and the child listens. If a mother says something to the child and the child listens, that's because she put fear in that child's heart. And the baby boomers was good for that, put instilling fear into their kids. That's why I say, you keep backing somebody up against the wall, and eventually they're going to come out swinging. You can't bully your kids into being scared of you. You'll win today, but you'll lose tomorrow. And then when you end up in a nursing home, Because your kids are not bothering with you. You're confused. Doesn't make sense. You can't abuse your kids and think that you're not going to go into a nursing home. You can't abuse your kids and think that your kids are going to protect you and be loyal and faithful to you. So the decisions that you make as a woman and as a mother when it comes to your children is imperative because it is the woman that makes the family. It is the woman's decision that creates the family. And if you squander it, those consequences stay. People don't forgive. People don't let go. And people damn sure don't forget People will remember the things that hurt their feelings Everything else they'll completely forget about So if you're badgering your kids and bullying your kids and abusing your kids And gaslighting your kids The spiritual team is going to say something to them eventually And when it hurt their feelings, they won't forget. So when God gives you a family, which is your children, you have to do right by your children, but you have to do right by God as well. And you have to also at the same time not be hard on yourself because as a parent, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Look at... What was his name? King with T.I. and Tiny. And he grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth in a gated community in a mansion, you know, whatever, a big old house, whatever. And he want to be out in the hood. He blaming his parents for, for I have no idea for what, but he blamed his parents for something. So they worked hard at their careers to give their kids A lifestyle that they didn't have when they was growing up. And they're being punished for it. Now, if you was a parent that was poor, and you could give them everything that they needed and some of the things that they wanted, you have to go out and work. Then they're going to blame you for being poor. You had to work during the ballerina recital or the football practice, but they needed you there. And Then you was home, and you didn't have the money to pay for whatever it was that they have wanted you to pay for, because you was home. Now they're mad at you. And they hold that damn grudge for life. King, go and hold that grudge for life. So you got two different ends of the spectrum. And in both situations, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. So with your children, you really got to think these through and really weigh your pros and cons, and you won't be perfect, and you won't get every single thing right. At all whatsoever, because kids don't come with no type of instruction manual. You can get your child's natal chart and get with a good astrologer and, you know, they'll help you out along the way. You can fast and pray and seek God's, um, you know, counsel and he'll help you out, you know, for sure. But you'll miss the mark and not even know that you missed the mark. So you can't be on yourself. But at the end of the day, you have to know, as a woman, your children are your family, and the decisions that you make build your family. But again, what is life about? Love. You will sacrifice for the one that you love, but you have to make sure that when you're sacrificing something, for the one that you love, that they are worth you making that sacrifice. And that's all I wanted to come and talk about today on this podcast episode. So I hope that you learned much and I hope that you gained much. Now I'm going to go take my greasy scalp somewhere. And I heard, I know you heard me cracking my ice tray. And I'm going to go enjoy my drink or watch a little bit of cartoons or something, chat. Um, and don't go buying no Stanley Cup because Five Below got the same tumbler, honey. <laughs> Until next time, shalom.